0: Jonah Sellner, welcome to the Boost Bariatrics podcast. Thank you, Matty McLean. For everyone who doesn't know, this is Jonah. He is my co-founder. We started Boost together. I don't know when. It keeps changing now. I'm just going (laughs) to say 10 years ago. Seems like 10 years. Sounds good to me. How come your camera's not on, by the way?
1: Uh, Don't worry about it. Okay. Um, (laughs) Where do you want to start? Uh, okay. So there's, there's some version of this dramatized scenario I want to lay out. And this is something that I think we've seen all of our clients do. And let's just paint a picture. And I think it'll, it'll become clear where the conversation goes, but the idea is what we like to call marketing tactical hell. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And the idea behind that is You know, picture a a surgeon says, I want to do more surgery, right? That's what everyone wants. And they go to their staff and they say, how can we get more patients? And again, picture, this is kind of a a dramatized version of this, but uh, you know, Hey, let's all get together in a conference room and let's throw out some ideas. How can we, what can we do with our marketing? And let's get the young people. They know the social media stuff and let's, you know, no, no bad ideas. Get up there with a whiteboard. I don't know that. Hold on. I don't know that that's ever happened. I I don't think that's where
0: the surgeon would start because you don't go to your staff, right? They they don't necessarily know marketing. You may have one or two people on the staff who are handling or helping with the marketing. Don't you think they sit down with someone, be it an agency or a PR firm, someone like that and say, I want to get more volume. Where do we go?
1: Sure. I'm going for dramatic effect. Okay. Okay. Either way, you know, a, a huge brainstormed list comes around, around, uh, Hey, we should do, we should be on Pinterest. We should be on Facebook. We should be on Twitter. We need to be doing email. Yeah. Uh, we should be doing webinars, SEO. We should redo our website. Uh, what about those magazine ads? I got a. I got a, something in the mail for that the other day. We should be recording videos, Google ads, Yelp, Instagram. And there's just all these different things. And the question is, where do you start? And. What we've seen is most of the clinics that we work with um, will try to do it either themselves and kind of flounder with um, with just all of those different options, and they kind of fizzle out. We've seen that in a few examples. Most of them, though, like you said, work just just decide to work with an agency or a website platform that promises to to do all of that, um, which which is effective to varying degrees.
0: Mm-hmm hmm Oh yeah. Effective varying degrees. Usually nobody really knows how effective it is, right? It's kind of, uh, you end up setting a budget marketing agency comes back and says, all right, we want to propose this and this and this, and it's shiny and it's going to be all over this. And then we'll come in with this thing and we need $8,900 a month. And you know, you wring your hands and you think, gosh, man, that should be, I don't want to spend that much, but, but I really hope it works. I think it will work. I'm going to do it. And so you pull the trigger, you start spending all this money, you, then you get some kind of report or you get some, some kind of an update. And typically what that consists of is dozens and dozens of pages with charts and graphs and things. And no one has time or the energy or the interest in sitting down and going through that. So you really kind of rock along. And if you're growing a little bit you say, oh, thank goodness, my marketing must be working. And if you're not, you get pissed and you try something else.
1: Right. (laughs) Okay, so what, what uh, we would like to do today is just propose a few simple three, three frameworks or mindset shifts uh, to think about marketing and how it fits together just to kind of simplify all of that. This is basically what we wish all, everyone knew about marketing before they got started with Boost.
0: Mm, mm.
1: That does sound dramatic. Okay, so the first thing is you have a sales funnel whether you know it or not. Yes, indeed. I think one of the, so neither of us came from bariatrics. We've been in it the last few years, uh, but neither of us knew it. And we kind of came in with beginner eyes. And one of the first things I found kind of most jarring was it was really confusing to me actually in the beginning, because clinics would refer to everyone as patients, right? And so someone would fill out their contact form and then, you know, we'd hear, Oh yeah, the patient replied to my email. And you and I would look at each other like who the patient, (laughs) that's, that's not a patient. That's a lead. Mm -hmm. They, they need to be nurtured and engaged with and trust built up. And then hopefully they become a patient. So really just step, step one is stepping back and acknowledging that. And I think this is hard because, Healthcare is in its own kind of category, and I think the idea of thinking about the process of having a patient make their way to surgery—it's hard to—it's hard to make that feel like that's a sales process. That word feels icky or uncomfortable or uh, just weird in the context of healthcare. Oh sure, uh, but- sure, and I think
0: people in the office have said, and will continue to say, we're, we're not salespeople. It's not our job to sell anyone. And right. in a sense, Boost would say, absolutely, we agree. It's not your job to, it depends on how you define sales. Is it your job to convince someone to have an elective procedure? Absolutely not, not in any way ever. It is our job as marketers and as customer service people to, uh, when people show up, there's an item for sale and they're not sure if they need it. And it it gets real clunky because the office assumes they're going to buy it, but the person's really just poking around for some some answers. The main problem is they don't know what questions to ask. So even if they miraculously end up on your website and they miraculously show up at your front door and go through the steps and get their vitals taken and have a consult and leave, they still feel this uneasiness thinking, "Uh, I don't know if I'm ready because no one knew to pull those things out of them with good you know with good questions to help them self discover is this the right decision and do i go for it or hey i don't want to do this and that's okay too the clinic the clinic actually we're better off you not showing up and you already knowing you don't want to have bariatric surgery that's okay too right the, your point sorry you bring up a great point i think most clinics see the, you you go to your office window and you look out over the city you're in and you say there's two kinds of people in this city, people who want to be my patient and people who don't. It's either, <laughs> it's either you want to come get surgery or you don't. And we would say, no, there's, a, there's lots and lots of categories and people are at lots of different stages in this funnel.
1: Right, right. And, and to kind of reframe the way you think about the word sales as just bringing people along the journey from uh, aware that you exist, that can be a referral from a physician, that could be... Uh, Their sister-in-law had surgery with you three years ago. That could be a Facebook ad. That could be a billboard. Somehow, Mm -hmm. some way they find out that you exist. That's the awareness stage. The next stage is interest. So they're aware that you exist. And then they take some micro commitment, some tiny action that indicates uh, I'm interested. So they might click through to your website from an ad. They might fill out a form, uh, take take an assessment, read your Google reviews, Mm -hmm. do some research, uh, in general, about weight loss surgery, maybe not even your practice specific. Uh, maybe they're reading the emails that that boost and something like that. So awareness, interest, decision. Finally, when they're ready, uh, they they decide they're ready to move forward, and then action. I'd like to I'd like to schedule a consultation. And for bariatrics, that process can take months or years uh, compared to other types of. Of industry so if you see an ad for a cool pair of socks you might click through and buy them right there on the spot as an impulse buy you became aware of the socks you were interested in them you decided what the heck they're only nine dollars <laughs> and then you buy them but with bariatrics that can take months or years uh, and so I think because that that process takes so long sometimes it's hard to remember uh, that that sales funnel does exist because it's people are kind of out there in that awareness and interest stage for so long right. Okay. Good. Anything else on that before point number two? No, that's a good one. Okay, so you have a sales funnel, whether you know it or not. Point and, number two. Uh, is, let
0: me. I would say, tell us what what you mean by a sales funnel specifically. You're saying, you know, I, I I said there's two types of people. Either you're coming in for surgery or you're not. And really, you have to you have to see this giant funnel above your clinic. And at the way 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 up there at thirty thousand feet, there's uh, there's every, uh, you take the, pop- the population of your city and you know what the percentage of people who are obese are. That's kind of your target market. And then right below that, there's, there's people in that bucket who are actually considering bariatrics. And so, you know, let's just set round numbers. Now you're down to 100,000 people. And right, right below that, there's people who, uh, who have, the they, uh, they qualify on their insurance or they have the cash or they're willing to finance it. And then below that, you have 80,000 people who are you know, ready to take some, some sort of action right now. And then below that, it's the people who are interested in bariatrics and they're actually interested in your bariatric clinic. They've seen your name, talk to one of your patients. And then below, so the funnel we mean is starts very huge at the top and then gets smaller and smaller and smaller as it comes down to literally the list of people who are on your schedule to see for a consult. Right, like an upside down
1: triangle. Ooh, yeah, I guess you could say it that way too. <laughs> I think most people
0: inherently know what a funnel is.
1: A funnel looks like an upside down triangle for those who have never seen a funnel. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, point two. Okay. With that sales funnel, every single sales funnel has some leak or bottleneck in it and yours does too. Mm -hmm. And if you fixed that one bottleneck and got clarity about where that one stage that you could improve on the most, what that stage is, that is the biggest way that you can increase surgery. So a 30,000 foot view, there's, you could break this down into a million different categories, but just breaking it down into three, uh, we think of it in terms of traffic leads and sales. One of the first questions we always ask people um, even to find out if, if they'd be a good fit to work with us is how many unique visitors are coming to your website every month? That's that's your traffic. Mm-hmm. And many people don't know, which I've, I've always been surprised by, um, but that's a, that's a very important metric. And we'll circle back to that in a second. So let's say a thousand people a month visit your website. Uh, so that that's traffic number two you could have a leads problem that's how many of those visitors again let's say a thousand just for simple math a thousand people come to your website every month how many of those are giving their contact information so that you can have permission to follow up with them nudge them along give them more information Mm -hmm. Uh, so that's how many people give you their name their email address and their phone number Mm -hmm. yep and we we got a
0: We have to make the distinction because I think people see things called uh, traffic and impressions and blah, blah, blah,
1: conversions.
0: Yeah. And we would say nothing really matters. You can throw all that out. What matters is how many leads did you capture? And someone only becomes a lead when you get their personal
1: information and permission to follow up with them. Right. Okay. So, you have one of three problems, a traffic problem, a leads problem, or a sales problem. Let's say you get a thousand visitors a month to your website, a hundred of those people give you their their contact information, which would be very good. Uh, And then of those hundred people, how many of those end up moving forward with having an initial consultation and then going on to surgery? Mm -hmm. So let's say of those hundred, 10 of those actually end up coming in the door having an initial consult and then, you know, depending on, on how that consult goes, uh, maybe half of those move on. So now we're down to, to five. So we went from a thousand people at the top who came to your site, which by, <laughs> by itself is a miracle, uh, to even get someone to go to your site once. Mm-hmm. And then, and then all the way filters down through that, through that funnel to five people moving forward with surgery. Yep. So if you can get clarity on which, which stage uh, has that leaky, has that, has that leak in it, then you can dig down into the specific tactics that uh, follow from that strategy. The, the big problem that we usually see is just lumping all those together and trying a bunch of different tactics. But if you can get clarity on, ah, I see we have a traffic problem. Uh, you know, if we get, I know that if we get a patient, a patient lead in front of a surgeon, that sir, that patient is going on to surgery. Our surgeon is so good at at talking to them in a consult, making them feel comfortable with moving forward. We just need to put more people in front of that surgeon. Okay, great. You don't have a sales problem. You need to get more people in front of them. You have a traffic or leads problem. And maybe you're getting a ton of traffic, but it feels like, gosh, you know, we're paying this agency, all this money, we're getting all this website traffic. I feel like we should be doing more surgery. Mm -hmm that means that you don't have a traffic problem, you have a leads or sales problem. So you can kind of back into it by seeing which, which parts are working well and then through the process of elimination, figuring out which parts need more work. Yes, and
0: great points to say, I think most, not only in the medical world, in all industries, people approach it as, hey, you you spend money on marketing stuff, you do LinkedIn, you do Instagram and you put up a billboard and, and then customers come in, You know, they find out about you and they come in. And we're saying, it, not you can approach it that way, but that is lack of a strategy, and that is most where most people are at is lost in the weeds of every tactic that is available. So, I still get emails from surgeons that say, "Hey, somebody sent me this thing. They want us to buy this thing. Uh, you know, should we put up a table at the mall and talk to people? Should we buy ads on uh, Spotify? Should we and?" And really, you can do away with most of those, those things if you start with a whiteboard and say, what, are, what is our strategy here? And if we have a, a solid strategy, then we can look at the 75 different tactics that would support it. You know, what are the 75 options we have in front of us? And based on our budget, based on our staff, which of those are the best fit for us to get traffic, turn that traffic into leads, and turn those leads into sales or, in our industry,
1: patients? Exactly. Yeah. It's like going to the, it's like going to the gym and not knowing whether your goal is to lose weight or build muscle. And so you just kind of wander around and do a little bit of everything and, and nothing really works. Yes. You got to know what, what your goal is. Start with the end in mind and work backwards. Yeah. It's leg day, bro.
0: <laughs> you get the treadmill, you do, you pump some buys and tries, you go do some dips. Then you <laughs> uh,
1: you lost me. Sorry.
0: Uh, okay. And we, we have seen, I think, even in the last 45 days, some of the most extreme examples of, holy cow, you guys get more website traffic than we've ever seen in our lives. And also ending up with the fewest consultations from that.
1: <laughs> right. So
0: lots of, we've seen, we've seen- In the, the reverse. Yeah, and we've seen people, uh, even in the last 60 days, uh, wait a minute, you thought you were getting lots of website traffic. Turns out you're getting nine people a
1: month. <laughs> So maybe not that much, but <laughs> Okay. So we talked about uh, the fact that you have a sales funnel, whether you know it or not. That sales funnel has some bottleneck in it. And if you can identify which one of those three traffic leads or sales has that biggest leak, you can then work backwards and figure out, okay, if this is the if this is our biggest problem, What are the handful of tactics that can most, most benefit us, uh, to double down on and just focus on those and just focusing on those will move the needle far more than trying a bunch of random stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay. Last point is, oh gosh, maybe a year or two ago, you and I got together and, and just brainstormed. What would we recommend as a specific order of operations? Like if you're a brand new bariatric surgeon, no one's ever heard of you here are the steps that we would outline, uh, for you to become known and, and, basically build that sales funnel. And not all of these steps are created equal, um, in the same way that, you know, if you're trying to lose weight, cutting out your three soda a day habit is going to do more for you than, than switching from normal milk to organic milk. Mm. So you kind of earn the right to advance through these steps and we start out super simple. And I think as you listen to these, as they progress, some of the ones way down on the bottom of the list are, are the ones we tend to see people thinking they need to focus on earlier on when really there's really some more fundamental things to, to talk about.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Should we go into them?
0: Absolutely. I, I'm just thinking, I'm still stuck on the traffic lead sales thing. That's
1: going to have to be its own episode. Yeah, that's such an important concept. It's, I remember when I, you know, many years ago when I was learning the basics of marketing, uh, that was kind of a a light bulb moment for me. Cause you, you, everyone kind of understands it intuitively, but thinking of it in those three categories is really, really helpful. Mm -hmm. And I think the the best picture is see yourself as a retail store.
0: You're selling, you're selling shoes and there's lots of people that walk by on the street every day. And so there's three main steps. How many of those people, you know, you could talk about The philosophy of how many of them should be even be your customer, but really how many of those people stop and come inside your door? That's your traffic. How many of those people, uh, you know, as far as leads, how do you, how do you get their attention? How do you get them to walk through the front door? How do you follow up with them? Um, are they a lead or not? Do they want what you have to buy or not? Do you have a way to communicate with them individually or not? And then sales, do you have a, you know, do you have talented salespeople on the floor? Do you have a customer service uh, script that you follow? Does someone welcome them? How do you, you know, do you offer them a, you know, a glass of wine or, or, is this more of, or is this more of a beer place or is there a furniture? This is about? a hell
1: of a shoe store.
0: <laughs> uh, so you can, I think the always the easiest way is, you know, when we, you look at yourself as a very simple shoe store and there's people walking by and how do you make a living?
1: Okay. Let's circle back to the order of operations. If you were a brand new bariatric surgeon, no one's ever heard of you. Here's what, here's what we'd recommend you start with. And obviously that you know, I doubt anyone listening to this is in that stage, but it's, it's just a helpful framework to see where are you and, and how do you stack up with, with these steps? So the very first thing we'd recommend you do is create the simplest possible website you could imagine. One page that has one job and that job is to capture leads. It's not a fancy brochure that talks about, uh, you know, all all the different certifications and, and things like that. It's just, it has one job. Are you interested in weight loss surgery? Fill out this form. Yeah. Step number two is once you have captured those leads, having a system in place, like <laughs> like Boost, not to be too self-promotional, uh, but having a system in place so that no one falls through the cracks, uh, a, a system in place that follows up with those leads, that nudges them to take the next step, that educates them about the process, uh, that invites them and creates urgency and reminds them that uh, you know certain insurance plans require X amount of months of appointments, so you need to start now, if you want to have surgery by the end of the year to engage emotionally, the, the process for a bariatric patient and following up and educating is so much, so much deeper and more important than almost every other industry out there.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. And if you really want to grow surgical volume, it is so competitive now with everyone in your city, everyone in the States around you, Mexico, now Canada, Weight Watchers, Jenny Craig. It's so competitive. It's going to take a mountain of leads, sorry, a mountain of traffic and a a small mountain of leads. So no human being could ever do the proper follow-up that it's going to require.
1: That's why it takes automation and technology. That's right. So you've got a website that has one job, capture leads. You have a system to follow up with those leads. Step number three is a rock star salesperson who books initial consults and engages with leads. Yes. And I want to
0: emphasize the word rock star. Highly incentivized, somehow incentivized on volume, someone who knows how to follow up, when to follow up, and probably and maybe not day one, but I don't know what the number of cases it would be, but at some point this transitions to this person's full-time job.
1: Yes. And I think this step is, is the one where I think you and I, we kind of have a bird's eye view of so many of these different bariatric clinics we work with. We, and this is the step that people are, are most often missing, I think. Um, and they, they could let's put it this way. They could um, move the needle the most more than any other step if that person is not in place. Absolutely. 100%. And it's also one of the toughest to do with hiring, and I think that the first thing to think about and just kind of a mindset mindset shift is thinking of this person as a salesperson and not as an admin, not as someone who's just, you know, taking names, scheduling, it's it's more than that. Yes. Next step is and you can kind of think of this as the first traffic step. Um, when you're trying to build your traffic, there's a, a number of ways you can do it. The most powerful way online is organic traffic. And all that means is uh, you aren't paying for that traffic. It means you're not, uh, that traffic isn't coming from a paid Facebook ad, a paid Google ad, something like that. It's just you your content on your website shows up when people search bariatric surgery your city. Mm-hmm. And you, you come up as one of the first results. That's one of the most high quality and it is the highest quality you can get uh, when it comes to traffic. Mm-hmm. So investing in that first and foremost is, is very important. Next step uh, then is another traffic step. And again, once you have mastered each one of these steps, that's when we recommend stacking on the next one. next step is investing uh, a few thousand dollars a month in ad spend split between Google and Facebook. We recommend having a, a higher allocation towards Google. Those are higher quality leads, but some some Facebook and by extension, other, other networks related to Facebook, Instagram, et cetera. Uh, but having at least a few thousand dollars, and this is really dependent on your market and how big it is and how competitive it is. Uh, but the clinics we see doing the best in that regard are spending at least you know, three, 3,000 plus a month. Mm-hmm. Next step is investing in your post-op process uh, to really make patients feel cared for after they have surgery uh, so that they become referral machines. They become your biggest fans. They tell their mother-in-law, their cousin, their best friend, you have to go see these guys. They do a great job.
0: Right. I, I don't, I don't think I ever told you this story. Dr. Dagley told me he has a a pain patient who comes into his office and he came in for an appointment and the guy had dropped a ton of weight. And Dag said, Hey man, you look great. What's up? What have you been doing? he said, I had bariatric surgery and (laughs) Dagley, he's telling me this story. And he says, I thought to myself, finally, man, I'm going to get somebody's name and I'm going to send Maddie a lead of a surgeon. And he said, (laughs) who did your surgery? And the guy said, you know, I I can't remember his name. Oh, couldn't remember the surgeon. Wow. So yes. Post-op. I think that's pretty rare. I think most surgeons do a great job and most people would remember their surgeon, but even, even an an automated post-op campaign, just to bump you top of mind, let them remember the benefits. And then that's going to naturally come out at work, you know, at, at the
1: park at soccer games Exactly. Okay. Next step. And this is the step that I think most people think should be number one, invest in a fancier website. Yes. (laughs) And what do you mean by fancier? Uh, More pages, more videos, more pop-ups, more, 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 more. Yeah. More links.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I still, still minimalism is key. Uh, yeah, there's that's a whole nother subject. But yes. if you want to add more pages and information, absolutely go to town once you have all these other things in place in the order of operations. And also keep yes. in mind when someone hits your website, you have 70 seconds to get them to do something typically before they leave. And if there are you know what on a website, we call it a call to action. If there's something you're asking a person to do, that's a call to action. And on most websites, There's a hundred of them from the, from the first view of the homepage, there's a hundred things you could do. You can click this, you can go to that, you can click here, you can drop down that. And that confuses people. And if you ask someone to do 15 things, they'll do zero. So even if you want to add more information, keep that first shot really minimalistic to, to make sure it's still a lead generating machine.
1: That's a great point because as you, as you expand and how I put it, make a fancier website, so long as the number of things you're asking people to do remains few and you have one, two, maybe three total calls to action. Uh, that's again, the, the number one goal of your website is turn visitors into leads so that you can nudge them and follow up with them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Next step. Uh, we're on step eight now of 10. This is when we think it makes sense to start investing any amount of energy or time, posting on social media. Again, this is one of the top ones we see people when they, when they first say, what can we do with marketing? Let's start posting on social media. That is one specific tactic that assumes someone is aware of you that happens to follow you on social media. We, I remember we, we worked with one person who um, was posting all the time to their, their Facebook and, and had a, an employee working several hours a, a week on it. And they only had like a few dozen people who were following them mm-hmm. even on that, who are even even had the potential to see those posts. Mm-hmm. So really the goal uh, is, is further up along the line of getting that traffic to, to start with. And then once you have that built up, then it makes sense to start. Uh, that That's a, a way to supplement the education once you have that lead uh, to, to earn trust and, and get them to schedule a consult.
0: Yep, absolutely. And people want to talk about social media for brand awareness, for sure. I think we would agree with that. And we would say social media is, like you're saying, it's it's step eight of 10. It's not step one because for many reasons, it's so diluted, it's so noisy, it's so easy to skip it and miss it. And the half-life of a post on social media is just, <laughs> you know, not only that, but we don't talk about this enough. If you have a list of your own leads, whether it's a hundred or 13,000, you own that. You can speak to them. That is your list. And that list actually has your a- email. Exactly. Through email. And that it, I know people want to say, some people don't check email, but email still re- st- still returns the highest return on investment as any channel. And you do not own the marketing channel. Those, those people who like or follow your page, that is not your audience. That's Facebook's audience, Instagram's audience. And as we've all seen in the last 12 months, they can and will cancel you, shut you out, shut you down, change the rules. And then that all goes away. Even though you've spent some people tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars to build that following.
1: That's not percent. That's not your list. Last two steps real quick. Uh, once you get to this stage, increasing ad spend even more And the last step, uh, this one could maybe be bumped up a bit earlier, but uh, investing in a physician referral marketer, or focusing on offline marketing in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so things like billboards, that, that example you mentioned, setting up the table in the mall, uh, just thing, things like that.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, man, I think uh, high tech, high touch. I think in this day and age, you know, handwritten cards, showing up in person, doing discovery days. Those things go a very long way. I, I love those things. I, you, you skipped right past cranking up ad spend even more. I do want to say, uh, I think boost with <laughs> attribution is messy, right? We always say, if you want to know where every single lead came from and how much you spent versus how many leads came out of that, Making that an exact science is really, really difficult. I don't know anyone who can do it. However, you should not invest much money at all until you know what you're getting out of it. Because if you can't measure it, you can't manage it, then you're throwing money to the wind, seeing a few consults, you're assuming it came from that. Um, you know, One of our first clients, they had patients come in and say, I saw, I saw you guys billboard. That's how I ended up here. And they would chuckle because they never did billboards. That was their competition. So, but if you're going to spend money digitally, the magic about digital is it can be tracked and it should be right. So if you're, if you're spending five grand a month for Google or Facebook, you should know in some broad term, how many consults is that bringing in the front door?
1: Exactly. You agree with that? I do. Those are my, those are my three points,
0: man. Those are good. I think they're good. I don't know if anyone will ever listen to this besides you and uh, I'm going to make Shannon listen to it.
1: (laughs) Well, we've been talking about it for months. So if nothing else, we talked about it.
0: Hey, if nothing else, it uh, helps me understand what we're doing even better. (laughs) Jonah, thanks for your time today. I'm going to stop the recording and then we can say our goodbyes. Okay. You'll have to come back on the show. I I look forward to it.